Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think blues tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in just two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play. Work that clock to your advantage and score last minute tickets. Episode 5 with Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman, Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis. Well, Barrett, with the Blues on a four-game, 10-day road trip, I thought this would be a good time to kind of talk to someone who has been on many road trips. I'm sure uh, you can attest to that. Uh, This is a long one, 10 days, and of course they've got the White House at the end of it after the game uh, on Long Island, and then they'll be coming home. Uh, I've also, you know, 15 years covering the team, done a lot of road trips uh, myself, um, so I can speak to it from the media perspective, but I think fans will be interested in going behind the scenes and listening to your thoughts. You game for this? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, road trips are a huge part of it, and uh, uh, there's there's many stories and, uh, you know, team bonding that goes on, and uh, it's, it's fun to, uh, to be on the road, but it's also, uh, you know, it gets a little long sometimes. It sure does. Yeah. So let's get into things like how heavy or light do you pack, the charter flights, uh, the card games on the plane. I'm sure you've won your share and lost your share of those. The buses, the uh, the hotels, the roommates, who have been some of your better roommates, going out to dinner, uh, curfew, getting up for practice the next day. I'll tell you that uh, I don't have to worry about that, but you guys do. Uh, the post-game meal, uh, what cities are the best? People are always asking uh, us that in the sports writing world. I'm sure they ask you too. Uh, what do you do on your days off and what are the hardest arenas to play in? And as you just touched on, does it get old being on the road that long? So we'll dive into some of those things and and listen to uh, some of your stories. Uh, You know, the one thing I actually talked to somebody about you several years ago, uh, talking about guys and how they pack and who brings the most stuff and uh, who's got the biggest suitcase. And what I was told about you, Barrett, is that you bring one suit and you bring your toothbrush and you put that toothbrush in your suit coat pocket. Is that true? That might be the lightest traveler I've ever heard. <laughs> it might be a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> I usually bring a uh, a backpack with a couple uh, shirts just in case. But, um, yeah, I try to go light. I've uh, You learn over the years that you don't need a big old suitcase or, you know, a big hanging bag and all this stuff. So uh, I've learned to, to lighten the load over the years and, and just try and, uh, you know, keep it as simple as possible. But uh, I did have uh, uh, an old teammate of mine I played junior with. Uh, his name was Kyle Calder. And uh, I think it was during the All-Star break when he was playing for the Blackhawks, he came back to Regina for, I think he was there for three nights, and he literally – walked uh 
into the airport and really all he had was a toothbrush in his pocket and even when he cleared customs the guys kind of looked at him like okay uh you know where are your bags he goes i don't need any bags all i got is my toothbrush so it was uh it was pretty entertaining that uh, you know he came in for for three nights uh, during the all-star break and he literally just had a toothbrush in his pocket and carried it everywhere he went just in case he uh crashed at a different place Diddy, gosh. Well, you can't tell me that some of these former teammates of yours, the Robbie Fabries of the world, the guys that dress to the nines aren't bringing four pairs of shoes. Is there a, a guy or a few guys that uh, you get a look at their suitcase and see what's inside it and, and get a chuckle out of it? Yeah, you know, it's funny, too. You, you get some guys that uh, kind of pack heavy and uh, – you know, by the end of the road trip, you, you realize that uh, they got a lot of extra things in there because guys just start tossing things in, you know, extra water bottles, uh, you know, salt and pepper shakers, utensils, uh, plates and stuff. So, you know, the, the heavier you pack, the, uh, you know, even heavier it's going to be when you get back because uh, guys are going to mess with you at all times. And uh, it actually uh, reminds me of a story we were in uh, – uh, we were in Arizona right before the Christmas break, and it was, uh, oh, I'll remember the name in a second, I can't remember who it was, but uh, somebody had bought in tickets for a football game out in New York over Christmas, so uh, last game was in uh, in Phoenix, and he had his bag all, all sitting there, uh, ready to go right to the airport when the game was over, and BJ Crombie wasn't playing at the time, so... Um, he ended up during the day. He went to a uh, adult store, picked up some uh, some toys and some uh, gay porn magazines, and he uh, he put them in the bag oh after you know underneath a couple layers of clothing, and then put a water bottle right at the bottom of the uh, the bag. So uh, it was actually it was uh, Agostini that uh, was a guy. So he runs right to the airport to try and catch a uh, red eye to New York to watch this game. And so he goes through customs, and the person was like, oh, you have any you know, water in your bag? He goes, no, 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 I got nothing. So, you know, you get pulled aside, and all of a sudden the, uh, the TSA pulls out uh, some big uh, big <laughs> toy and uh, a couple magazines that uh, – were of uh, oh my goodness of of question and uh, he just sat there he goes oh they got me good they they got me so that's uh, that's what happens when you pack a little bit too heavy or or guys are gonna mess with you at uh, some point during a road trip. <laughs> what did Dag say when he called you guys back? <laughs> he had to be so uh, You know, I know somebody tried to uh, get some video of it from uh, TSA, but they wouldn't release it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he was laughing the whole time. He thought it was uh, it was it was pretty clever, and uh, you know, Beaner is uh, he, he's a, he's a very uh, uh, entertaining guy. So, uh, and I don't think Dags is smart enough to get anybody back, but. Uh, everybody got a big laugh, even though we weren't there to see it. We 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 could just picture the whole thing, and uh, it was it was entertaining. So I'm going to kind of fill in the blanks and just let people know behind the scenes. I think when you do this for 15 years, you kind of take it uh, for granted. But I've talked to a lot of fans, Jacks, who you know just don't know how it works. So you guys will practice. You know, in the past, it's been let's say at the mills at 10:30, 11 o'clock, and you might have a flight scheduled for one or two so right after practice you guys take your showers and change you, you already have your bags packed they're in your car you're ready to go and you guys uh, meet at the airport 
And boy, you want to talk about uh, luxury. And, you know, I get it. This is what it needs to be for a pro sports team. Uh, but listen, guys, they park their cars, literally take their suitcase and walk up to the stairs of the plane and walk onto this charter plane. We're not talking about waiting at the gate for an hour. Uh, this is the life of luxury, which I was fortunate to to lead for a while. Uh, but you guys live in style, Jacks. You get up uh, uh, into the plane and you start your card games and uh, wherever you may be going. And, uh, and uh, you know, talking to players over the years, you know, they like it. Some teams do it differently than others. And, and I know Vancouver, you talk about you get on the plane and they got the sushi waiting and you sit down and you have the steak dinners. Um, you really got to like this lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It is uh, it is weird traveling, uh, you know, through airport style. But uh, even it was even more ridiculous when I first started. Before a lot of the uh, TSA and all that uh, security, we used to basically pull up to the stairs of the uh, of the aircraft, and and you know, I think we were parking probably about twenty feet away from the stairs. But yeah, it, it, it's a life that uh, is very uh, very lavish and, and very pampered and. Uh, we all appreciate it very much. You get on the airplane and, you know, there's food laid out, uh, ready for you to eat, uh, right when you get on. And, you know, lots of times the guys get on the plane right away. They, they'll gear down, put on some comfy clothes, get out of their suit. If it's a, if it's a long, uh, long trip and, uh, get comfortable for, uh, for what's ahead. But, um, it's a very, very easy, uh, easy travel. Um, you know, we're, we're very lucky. You know, you're, you have 41 games on the road, and uh, so you, you are traveling quite a bit, but they make it as easy as possible, and, and we're definitely spoiled brats. Yeah, I'll never get over that. Uh, you'd see a, a player walk past me, like I'm in the middle probably of the plane, and uh, he'd be in his suit looking all snazzy. And then you turn around two minutes later, and he's wearing sweatpants and a T-shirt in the back of the plane. You guys uh, do get into those comfy clothes for the long flights. You know, some of them, like a Vancouver, four hours. Uh, you got to be comfortable for your card game, I guess. Um, <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, getting on the plane, I know that there is a uh, uh, traveling secretary, Richie Jankowski of the St. Louis Blues, will hand you guys an envelope, and that's your per diem. And inside the collective bargaining agreement, um, you guys are allotted a certain amount each day and let's just throw out a ballpark number and say it's a hundred dollars and it's a hundred dollars per day so if you're gone for eight day road trip you're going to get a, an envelope for eight hundred dollars cash a pretty nice perk there too huh? yeah that's the uh, probably the best part about it is uh, uh, not having to go to an atm uh, during the season and that's probably the biggest thing i miss is uh uh playing is uh you know getting that envelope and you know i kind of joke at that but uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, we stay at, uh, pretty, uh, pretty expensive hotels. So, uh, you know, your breakfast alone is probably 25, 30 bucks, uh, uh, if you're eating at the hotel. So that, uh, hundred bucks goes, uh, goes very quickly when you're on the, uh, when you're on the road. Yeah. I know some of the media guys just being around them for the years uh, that talking about, uh, that are employed by the blues and do receive that per diem. I, you know, I didn't being an outsider. Uh, but uh, sometimes they'd eat the subway and then pack it, uh, pocket the other uh, $80, $85 and, and save it. You're able to do that. Did you have any guys on the team that, that were a little tight like that? Oh, yeah. We had plenty of guys that were pretty tight. But uh, uh, my first couple of years uh, going to training camp, um, we usually get, you know, your, I think it was the first week, you get that uh, 700 bucks or it's a little bit less. And then if you stuck around for uh, – for the uh for the second week you get uh you get another chunk of money so 
Uh, you come from junior, you got no money, you got, uh, you know, you get your old uh, wardrobe and, and clothes. So we used to uh, try and eat at the rink. We always had bagels and stuff during uh, training camp. And so you, you go to the rink, you eat uh, whatever they have set out, and then you, you know, you pocket a few for lunch uh, when you left the rink. And then uh, for dinner, you're going to uh, Subway or McDonald's and and uh, trying to save up as much money as possible. So he'd walk away if he, you know, if it was 80 bucks uh, uh, a day back then, then, you know, you, you would usually pocket about 70 bucks to, uh, to go to the store and get a new wardrobe for the, uh, for the year uh, back in junior. So the plane lands and let's just say uh, Denver, you guys have switched back into your suits. And, and uh, as soon as the plane lands, you look out the window, you can see two buses sitting right there on the tarmac. We're talking literally 100 feet from where uh, the plane lands. And so uh, everybody uh, gets off the plane and the players go to one bus. The media, and I'm talking about the broadcast crew, uh, Darren Pang, John Kelly, Chris Kerber, now Joey Vitale, and a lot of the technical people behind the scenes for Fox Sports Midwest, they'll get on the second bus. And that's the media bus. That's the one that I went on uh, over the years. And it will take you directly to the hotel. Again, these guys travel a lot. They've got to have the convenience. And that is certainly uh, convenient to be able to get off the plane and go straight to uh, the hotel. Uh, let me tell a quick bus story. Uh, this was a post-game situation. I'm on the media bus. The Blues uh, played the Washington Capitals, Barrett. That was and, the fun uh, bus, I'm right? I'm on the, on the bus writing my story. The fun bus is what they called it. You're right, yeah, because when you guys lost, you guys didn't have the fun bus. We were always <laughs> on that one. And uh, the, the bus that I was on, the media bus, uh, caught fire. And uh, the bus driver is going bananas, of course, you know, the engine's on fire and and so he's got to pull over, get us all off it. And I'm on deadline. Like, I've got eight minutes until my story's due. And uh, I'm typing. And, and uh, I got my laptop in a potted soil in downtown Washington, D.C. We're talking like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And uh, how am I going to beat the deadline? Anyway, here comes the player bus. And they say, we've got to get on that. Well, as you know, those are jam-packed. So uh, all the media are now getting on that one. Now it's really packed. And the only light in the entire bus is my computer screen and i'm writing about let's just use your name for example here you know and barrett jackman coughed up a puck and uh you know dc went the washington capitals went back the other way and and scored and won the game i don't know who's sitting behind me you know it could have been the guy that i was writing about sitting right behind me reading my lit up computer screen so (laughs) that was a situation on the bus that i'll just never forget but any any good bus stories that you recall over there's yeah, do you feel like Forrest Gump uh, getting on that bus and everybody saying this seat's taken? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, can't sit here. Can't sit here. <laughs> Any good bus ones? Um, yeah, you know, I just remember uh, seeing some pictures of uh, of the fun bus and uh, Darren Pang uh, putting himself in the luggage, uh, luggage compartment up above the uh, the seat and uh, having his picture taken up there. But, <laughs> he did. Uh, he, that's right. Um, yeah, you know the the bus. Uh, lots of times we'll play uh, play a little bit of card games uh, on the bus, uh, pass the ace or pass the trash, and uh, you know sometimes you'll get uh, you know five or six people playing, but you know when you have the entire team playing, and uh, you know you might put uh, twenty five uh, to fifty bucks in the uh, in the pot and pass the ace with uh, you know one or two burns and. Uh, you know, we get uh, get to the hotel, and 
uh, you know, there'd probably be five or six guys that are still uh, still in the game, so they're sitting out on the bus for for an extra twenty minutes and kind of pissing off the uh, the bus driver a little bit because he's sitting there waiting for guys to to finish their uh, their card game before they uh, they go in. But yeah, the bus bus rides, the plane rides, and all that are uh, and just being around the guys is probably the biggest thing that. Uh, uh, you know the most fun that you have playing the game and and you probably miss the most when uh when you get away from it yeah the uh i mentioned the cba earlier the collective bargaining agreement uh in that also it requires teams to book four star hotels or above uh so i guess you're talking fours and fives and most of the time it's uh ritz carlton's boy i had a tough time because people at the post dispatch you know the industry was declining and, and they'd say hey where are you staying at in dallas well i'm gonna be at the ritz and they're like no wonder uh, the newspaper business is going under but uh, you know i believe the team gets a pretty good rate per room because you guys have so many people uh traveling so uh barrett it's a lot different i go on the vacation with the family and we're not staying at the ritz carlton's you just touched on it a, a minute ago you know it's a different lifestyle um those are good days staying in those ritz carlton's aren't they yeah you know <laughs> Uh, definitely it was after uh, uh, 9-11 and security uh, was kind of beefed up and, and that was part of the uh, collective bargaining agreement is staying in four or five star uh, hotels so we're, we're not roughing it and uh, the one place that uh, really didn't have a uh, four or five star hotel was Buffalo and I remember you know pulling in I think it was uh uh maybe NBC Suites or, or something like that it was uh it was a real nice hotel but it just you know, if you're used to staying in Ritz Carlton's and, and stuff like that, um, you walk in. But I remember uh, I had a roommate at the time. But um, you know, you walk into the room and uh, there's a big, uh, big hot tub in the middle of the uh, room. It's almost like Dumb and Dumber with the uh, you know heart shaped uh, uh, hot tub and and uh, the honeymoon <laughs> suite. So that uh, was uh, you know entertaining and you know you hear these guys running their tubs as soon as they get in if they're uh, by themselves and uh, you know floating in the jacuzzi in the middle of the rooms hey yeah another one uh, we were in Dallas and I needed a haircut and I know you're gonna snicker there what are they gonna do <laughs> a little shave my <laughs> tennis ball head and uh, and uh, I called downstairs and I said do you guys have like a great clips nearby I could just walk and get a haircut and uh, right away you know Ritz Carlton they say no but Shelly could see you in 10 minutes she has a cancellation and I said okay I guess so you know so I go downstairs <laughs> And uh, I'm telling you, this haircut to shave my bald head took her all of a minute and a half, and uh, it was 50 bucks at the Ritz Carlton. So I wish I would have found that great clips. Yeah, that's that's why I do my own hair. Saves me uh, saves me a lot of time and money. Yeah, yeah, maybe I need to do that. Hey, you touched on roommates uh, in the collective bargaining agreement. Also, um, it required for years. Uh, guys, uh, if you put so many time, so much time into the game, I think it was 600 games, you could have your own room, but everybody else stayed together, had a roommate. I think that's changed. I think that everybody has their own room now. Yeah. Uh, the only guys that, uh, have roommates is, uh, guys that are on an entry level deal. So once you're finished with that, after your first three years, uh, um, either in the league or, uh, in professional, uh, hockey, you get, uh, you get your own room. But when they first brought that in, um, I think it was, I had, uh, I got my own room. Uh, I think I played my 600 game, the third game of the season. And that was our first road game. And so, uh, you know, kind of that milestone where you get your own room, 
Uh, it just happened to be the same time that everybody in the league got their own room. So uh, I ended up getting my own room uh, at the same time as, uh, you know, a couple of the 22, 23-year-olds uh, uh, in the league and, and on the team. Oh, man. There, there's got to be some uh, shenanigans. Uh, maybe there's some roommates together. One guy likes to get asleep. The other guy likes to stumble in the room at 2 o'clock in the morning past curfew. Uh, what's your best roommate story? Um, you know, there's a few guys that love to, uh, scare the shit out of their roommates. So, um, you know, Ryan Reeves was a guy that, so you get to the hotel and all the keys are laid out on a table. And, um, so you get the, you know, the little, uh, key card jacket with the, uh, with the name on there and then the uh, room number. So Revo used to get off the bus as quickly as possible, go in, uh, take one of the keys out of the, uh, uh, out of the, the card holder there and run up to the room and try and hide behind the uh, curtains or in the closet and wait for whoever it was to come up and then try and scare them. So uh, Riva was a guy that always uh, uh, tried to play some practical jokes on people. And um, I remember one time, too, that I think it was my first year in the league, uh, Freddie Brathwaite was staying across the hall from me. And so I thought I'd be all, uh, you know, kind of coy and, give him a, a leaner so you fill a, a trash can about half full of water and then you lean it up against the door and you knock on the door and as the person opens the uh, uh the hotel room door the the uh, trash can would kind of fall into the room and and kind of soak your feet so i tried to do that uh, i was in my <laughs> underwear just didn't time the uh the door closing behind me all that well Ended up getting stuck in the hallway oh. with uh, in my underwear trying to do a leaner on uh, Freddie Brathwaite's door. So I had to quickly move the trash can and knock on the door and uh, <laughs> have him let me in and uh, and call security to let me back in my room. Oh, wow. So you, you check into the hotel, you check your bags. Everybody knows what the bag check is. It's how, how quickly can you toss that onto your bed and get out and enjoy the town, get to dinner. Uh, you guys, again, not to beat this to death, but uh, eat at some nice places. Uh, you know, we talk about the chemistry on teams, the clicks. You know, certain guys, the Swedes will go one way sometimes, and uh, maybe some guys who grew up playing junior together will head the other way. Just how does that work out? I guess it's it's pretty organic, you know, who's friends, and you probably don't like the groups to be too big. So what I see from my perspective, I see you guys leave the hotel, and you guys are going out, looks like, in groups of four and five and just kind of getting a good dinner. Yeah, uh, lots of times it's, uh, um, you know, guys either have a favorite spot in a, in a different city or, uh, you know, just maybe it all depends on how hungry you are. But lots of times it's, hey, meet at 6 in the lobby or meet at 6.30 or 7, all depending on, uh, you know, what group you're going to go into. And it's it's really, it's it's pretty, uh, pretty loose. There's, you know, there's some clicks. Sometimes the Europeans like to you know, go to a certain spot or, you know, somebody's feeling sushi and other guy's feeling steak. So, um, you know, lots of times it's, hey, meet in the lobby at uh, six, but, you know, every once in a while you get that guy that's kind of annoying. You're like, ah, oh, meet in the lobby at uh, seven. And then you show up at six and you, you try and run out of the uh, hotel as quickly as possible. But, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the old man, uh, Big Walt used to be the uh, notorious for the old blue hair special. And, um, he would be about a five o'clock dinner type guy and then, uh, be in the wrapper in his bed at, uh, 
uh, like 6.30 binging, uh, binging Netflix or, or one of his uh, TV shows. So. Murder, she wrote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was probably the Golden Girls or something like that that uh, he was binging on. Right. <laughs> so uh, you, you talked about Walt getting in uh, early. Uh, we all know that some of these guys like to get in late. Uh, during your years with the Blues, did you guys have a curfew and were, were guys pretty obedient or were you slipping uh, in the back door you know, a couple hours later. <laughs> um, no, I, I think for the most part, uh, I think it's like 11 o'clock curfew, uh, night before games and, and all that. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty good. Um, there was one time we were in, uh, we were in Nashville and, uh, uh, Ty Conklin, uh, was, he was a backup goalie and he knew he wasn't going to play. So, uh, he enjoys his country music and a couple of beers. So he was out with a few of the guys and then, uh, you know, all the guys went in for curfew and, uh, Conks decided to stay out for a few, uh, few more. And he, uh, I think Daryl Sidora that night brought his cowboy hat out. And, uh, so Cox, you know, Sid went into the, uh, into the room and so Cox took the uh, cowboy hat and he's like yeah, I'm gonna go out and uh, he listens to music have a couple more beers and he was at uh, I think it was Tootsie's or no he was at Legends right on the corner there in uh, Nashville he went up to <clears throat> to order a beer and all of a sudden uh, all the uh, the scouts that were in town the coaches and all that walked into uh into the bar so conks was kind of sitting <laughs> facing the bar and i think it was doug armstrong came up to one side of him and i think it might have been dave taylor or somebody else was on the other and he pulled the cowboy hat down and he kind of slipped out of the uh uh away from the uh from the bar with his beer <laughs> and kind of tucked away and uh walked right out the front door so those two had no idea that uh, conks was actually the one with the cowboy hat on and uh, so he got lucky and uh, and slipped out of there before uh, they could notice yeah i may or may not i can't confirm i've been sitting about 10 feet away from conks that that whole night and <laughs> that's the one thing barrett you know for us uh the media uh, we write our stories. We go out for a fun night on the town. You guys have to be in early. And then the next day, you guys got to be up and at them, ready for uh, practice. So I think I've watched a few practices in a haze, and I want to guess that a number of the players have probably gone through that morning skate in the haze. Yeah, you know, morning skate's not, uh, you know, guys are, are, are pretty uh, uh, pretty respectful of the game and, and uh, you know, you know, there is a little bit of guilty hockey that goes on, but it's it's not that bad. But uh, you know, there, there's there's those off day practices that uh, uh, sometimes are uh, a little tough to get through because you're uh, you're battling, uh, you know, the the team building from the night before. You're you're, you're battling those uh, demons when you're on the ice. But it, you know, it's all part of the game and. Uh, it, it's really it shows a lot of character too which guys are uh are are terrible uh on the ice the next day and and you know a lot of those guys don't really last too long because uh, you know it's it's a mental part of the game too is uh you know how well you could uh you know hide uh how how bad you feel and and uh you know getting through practice and, and hopefully not puking on the ice <laughs> so then you play the uh, the game that night uh, Barrett and they're on the road there's always a post-game meal and maybe sometimes at home you guys have something in there but I think for the most part guys just leave Enterprise Center and and uh, head home and, and maybe get uh, something to nibble on uh, but on the road there's routinely there's there's pizza I know I was in Montreal the other night and the famous thing is the the hot dogs I'm sure you recall those how good those are but uh, you guys skate you uh, work out you do everything so I'm sure the pizza doesn't 
you know, pile up on you guys like it does uh, some of us that cover you. Uh, but uh, you look forward to that post-game meal, and uh, particularly in a place like Montreal where you got the famous dogs? You know, I, I think Montreal was the only time I would actually eat after a game just to grab a grab a hot dog. Normally, uh, right after workouts and, and games, I don't really feel all that hungry, so I don't eat until, you know, a few hours after or really don't eat till the, uh, till the next day. But uh, I remember, um, I think it was uh, uh, one of the dad's trips, and so we got all the fathers on the trip and we we're down in uh, I think we we're down in Florida and you know all the fathers are, are are trying to you know experience the whole thing so you know on the day of the game you get up you have breakfast then you go to the rink you have pregame skate and then you come back you get a meal sitting there for you and you get steak chicken pasta rice uh, sweet potatoes uh, baked potatoes all everything you can imagine and then uh, you take a quick nap and then you go back to the uh, uh, to the meal room, grab a little snack, and go to the rink. And you know, we usually don't eat until after the game, like you said. But so all the fathers were trying to experience everything. So they wake up, they have uh, have breakfast. Three hours later, two and a half hours later, they got you know a full on lunch, and then they come into the snack, and then they had a, a meal set up for the uh, for the fathers uh, after that as well. Then you get on the plane, and they eat again. So. You know, all these dads were were getting every meal in, where normally the players are are getting you know maybe sixty percent of these meals in. So the dads all get back from the road trip, and you know they're drinking their beers, they're having their meals. I think every one of the fathers put on about ten pounds in the uh, three days, and you know the NHL stands for never uh, never hungry league, and and that's what the uh, you know the parents couldn't couldn't believe that uh, they were eating as much as they were. Uh, I, I can certainly feel their pain. It is tough. And sometimes I actually wished I was out there skating the next day just to try to skate it off. But uh, that never worked. And well, you know, you know these, these hotel uh, gyms these... aren't all what they're cracked up to be. And... Yeah, JR, these five-star hotels, they do have gyms in them, you know, so you could get a workout in if you were, uh, you know, really <laughs> feeling that bad. Yeah, you know, I, I walked up and down the hallways. I never found these gyms. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What are the, uh, a lot of people always ask, what are the best uh, cities to play in? Number one, to me, in terms of fun uh, entertainment was Nashville. Uh, best looking city, uh, most beautiful, I always felt like was uh, Vancouver. Uh, you have a couple picks? Yeah, uh, I always enjoyed Vancouver. It was uh, it was close to home and you know, you're right on the water there. Uh, you stay at the Western Bay Shore when you're there and you're in the water and you get these seaplanes that are flying in you could see the snow-capped mountains in the background and um so yeah vancouver is you know probably one of the, the prettiest places that you'll ever uh ever be and and you'll ever see and then um you know i think just being in new york uh playing at uh, madison square gardens uh and kind of being in that big city a little bit is uh uh it was always a lot of fun and and entertaining with the history and and uh you know just the the people watching i'm a i'm a big people watcher so uh places like new york and uh la is uh you know fun to just sit and and watch the people walk by and uh you know make up a little bit of a story of what they're uh what they're going through in your head and uh that's probably the best thing does it get old i know you know, after years and years in the league, I mean, first of all, you, you miss things. And I realize you, you guys are paid well, and that's the first thing that uh, the public wants to, to bring up. But you're still away from your family. Uh, I'll never forget my son's uh, first birthday. Uh, I was uh, in the Madison Square Garden press box, and I was using Skype to sing happy birthday to my son on his first uh, birthday. So I'm sure you've gone through things like that 
hey, the money's nice, but it doesn't uh, fill in those memories for you. Um, did it did it get old over the years being on the road so much? Yeah, there was a lot of things. Uh, you know, my son playing hockey, uh, uh, or my daughter in gymnastics, and you know, just missing you know a lot of things that they did and. You know, trying to hear, uh, uh, you know, get a play-by-play or getting some videos from my wife of, uh, you know, what my kids are doing or, you know, missing a, a school play or, um, you know, just kind of a, uh, you know, parent-teacher thing at, at school. There's there's multiple things that uh, that I miss. I remember uh, my wife was pregnant with my son and we were playing over in, in Sweden. Uh, so my son's born October 25th and um, we're, we're over in Sweden at the beginning of October for these games. And I was looking every day to see which flights, uh, you know, I could get back on to just in case she went into labor. And, uh, luckily, you know, she held out until, uh, you know, the end of October and, and we got back, but yeah, there, there, there's multiple different things like that, that, uh, um, you know, players are, are missing or, or, you know, you know, family things. You, you can't get back to, you know, home for, you know, parents' uh, birthdays or, uh, you know, family reunions, things like that. So, um, yeah, but it's all part of the game. It's, you know, luckily, you know, the family's prepared for it and, and they know exactly what your schedule is in, in uh, July and August. And um, so, you know, they're ready for it, and, and that's a huge sacrifice by the families, too, that, uh, you know, we all really appreciate uh, the sacrifices they made when we were growing up, and, and now, uh, you know, our wives and our kids, uh, you know, make for uh, for when we're playing. Yeah, well, these, uh, this current blues trip, uh, I was on the road for eight days, came home on Sunday. Uh, I'll miss the Islander game, uh, but then I'm going to jump back on a plane uh, on Tuesday and head to D.C. Uh, for the blues trip to the White House, so... That should be fun. I should get some stories from that. We can share those on an upcoming podcast of We Went Blues. But for this week, just wanted to give you a little sample from Barrett's Eyes, what it was like to be on the road all those years, the hotels, uh, the bus rides, the charter flights, who's cheap, uh, and take you uh, on a trip through that. i give you a little more firsthand experience. So we appreciate those stories, Barrett. And uh, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate all our supporters at theathletic.com. You can subscribe by going to theathletic.com. And on Fridays, we have an exclusive podcast that's just for our subscribers. So please subscribe today. For Barrett Jackman, I'm Jeremy Rutherford. This was episode number five. How about that, Barrett? Number five of We Went Blues. Thanks for listening. 